uncertain times of this global pandemic. A special welcome to a few households who are here helping us in worship this morning, the Madigan and Hatlin families who are here to celebrate long-awaited confirmations. Um, we also send a special welcome to big sisters Olivia and Emma who are at ECU in Denison, um, respectively, and also the Young family, um, Elisa and Jason Young, who bring their son Ethan to the baptismal font this morning, and his grandparents are with us here this morning. Rain is good for grass, and it is bad for outdoor worship. So sadly, we are going to have to cancel our outdoor worship service tonight, as well as all other socially distant outdoor programming that had been planned. Thank you, God, for the rain, and we look forward to gathering together next week. As you well know by now, we are in the midst of our stewardship season. You are invited to join me and a couple of elders at noon on Zoom for an information session regarding the finances of our church. You should by now, if you are a member, have received your stewardship packet, both available in your snail mail and on your email. Please call me or the church office if you have any questions about that. Next Sunday is All Saints Sunday, where we will celebrate communion both here virtually in the sanctuary and on our lawn at 5 o'clock. And last but not least, well, no, not last but not least, we are preparing for Advent um, during these unusual times. We need you to make a reservation for our wreath-making event, which will be on the front lawn. We are also planning uh, very safe services of comfort and hope and Advent pageants for our children. Stay in touch with that. Um, many of you have called to check on our longtime elder and member, Malin Pratt. Malin suffered a brain aneurysm this week. Her situation continues to improve, and she's being monitored very closely at Atrium Hospital. I have heard there are hellos and smiles and thumbs up, so that's good news. For now, Vince and her children ask for continued prayers, and we will give updates as they come available to us. Lastly, we celebrate the birth of Serena Lauren Laura Spencer. She was born on October 20th. Her parents are Jennifer and Clark Spencer. Clark grew up in this church. Her grandparents are Melanie and Frank Spencer, and her grandfather is longtime member Bobby Davis. She and her parents are all getting to know one another, and they're doing pretty well. Now let us prepare our hearts to worship God. As you are able, will you please rise in body or in spirit and join me in our call to worship. Lord, you have been our shelter and security from generation to generation. We breathe creation into being, give shape to mountains and form unto the world. From everlasting to everlasting, you are God. You have the power to turn us back to dust. A thousand years in your sight are like a brief moment in the night. You sweep us away like a dream, like grass which flourishes and rolls in the morning, but fades and withers in the evening. Our frailty is revealed when we trust only ourselves. Turn to us with compassion. O oh God, you alone are our hope. By your mercy and grace, O oh God, Transform our hardships into blessings, and our wrongful ways into goodness. May your grace, O God, enrich our lives and give meaning and purpose to every moment we live. Jesus of joy. 
the God that is revealed to us in the pages of Scripture is a welcoming and an inclusive God, one who directs us to love one another. So acknowledging our shortcomings, we seek to remove the barriers that keep us from that love. Let us now pray together, confessing what separates us. God, we confess that we have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. You came to dwell among us, embodied in flesh and bones. Yet in this season of visital division, we have torn our communities apart limb from limb. You lived out your life among those who were sick, physically, mentally, and spiritually. Yet in this season of pandemic, we have grown weary and lack of hope. You reached out to touch them, spoke words to comfort them, performed miracles to heal them. Yet in this season of isolation, we have turned inward and disrespectful. Heal us, we pray, from the sin sickness that grips us, and help us to work for the wholeness of our neighbors. Speak the word of your peace that we shall be held. Amen. Friends, now hear these words of assurance from Romans chapter 8. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Friends, believe the good news of the gospel. In Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. Amen. It's with great joy that we welcome to this baptismal font this morning, Jason and Elisa Young, along with their son, Ethan Austin Young. Now, the Youngs, in a radical act of faith, joined Selwyn during the pandemic, <laughs> virtually. So we're so excited they're actually here with us in the sanctuary now. These two met in grad school at BU, Boston University, and have established their home here in Charlotte. And we look forward to getting to know them uh, beyond our 2D screens. And today marks the beginning of that. Baptism is God's gift of promise and blessing. It is a visible sign of God's invisible grace. It is here at this font where we are called, where we are named, and where we are marked by God's grace in Jesus Christ. And today, especially in our togetherness, 
we have been reminded of how this can be tested over months of separation. We're reminded that baptism is God's invitation into the body of Christ, and we are tethered together by God's Holy Spirit with one another here at Selwyn, but also with the larger family of Christ Church. No matter where Ethan goes, he belongs to God. And in infant baptism especially, we are reminded that we can do nothing to earn this grace, but it is by God's holy invitation that we share in the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Now, Elisa and Jason, putting your whole trust in the grace and love of Jesus Christ, do you desire to have Ethan baptized? Will you be responsible for nurturing Ethan in the faith and life of the Christian community? Will you, by your prayers and witness, help Ethan grow into the full stature of Christ? Do you, the people of Selwyn Avenue Presbyterian Church, promise to share with Ethan Austin Young the good news of the gospel and to help Ethan to know of the peace and joy and cost of Christian discipleship? We do. Do you promise your prayers and fellowship, caring, and encouragement for this family that their ties with the household of God may be strong and enduring? We do. Let us rise and say together what we believe using the historic faith of the church as expressed in the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. On the third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven, where he sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence we shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. You all may be seated and we'll continue to worship in prayer. God of all creation, every day we journey on this earth is a day in which we make choices, left or right, up or down, in or out, yes or no. Some of these choices are simple and some are very complex but one choice informs all others. Who will be our God? Who will we trust to see us through this journey? Who has been with us from before the beginning, bringing us into existence? Who has loved us and blessed us and sent us on our way? Who has been at our side when the road has been smooth and gentle? Who has kept with us through hairpin turns and potholes and detours? Who will celebrate with us when we complete our course? and seek the comfort of eternal life. There is only one Holy One. On this day at this font, we bow to you in faithfulness because you are faithful. We commit to you in discipleship because you are committed. We love you in all the ways we do and say, we dream and pray because you are loving. And we devote ourselves to you by renewing this covenant, the promise you made to humanity so long ago. We pray for Elisa and Jason, Give thanks for their witness to you and their patience and their tenacity. Continue to guide their feet. Give them moments of rest and joy that will sustain them. We give thanks for Ethan, for his sweet personality and his adventurous drive. Enlarge our faithfulness and trust and commitment so that our love will unfold around them and upon them. Help us always to recognize your presence and your blessing throughout our journey and help us to be faithful and committed to this particular child, Ethan, and all the children who are in our community and presence. And now we ask that you set these waters apart so that what is common is now inspired by your Holy Spirit, that these waters be redemptive and renewing, and we wash this child in the love that is unmatched and above all the graceful love of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Ethan Austin, child of the covenant, I baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost, now and forevermore. Amen.
see how amazing God's love is that we should be called children of God. You see, for this child, Christ was born. For this child, Christ walked on the earth and taught and prayed and healed and preached. For this child, Christ suffered and hung on the cross and died. And for this child, Christ rose again from the dead so that he might have access to eternal life. Ethan knows none of these things. All Ethan knows is that he is cherished and loved. You see, we love God because God loves us first. Ethan was born into a family that long prayed for him and hoped for him. Elisa and Jason have been in Charlotte for a few years, but it seems as if they've established their family and their lives with Ethan in mind. They are intentional, thoughtful people, and that's how I've seen them parenting so far. When I asked them about what Ethan has meant to their growing family, Jason has said that it's been a total game changer, that he's changed everything about their lives, all of their priorities, all of the plans they make, all the decisions they make to protect and to help him grow. And it was Elisa who said that her heart is now walking outside of her body. And very often they see their sweet little boy who likes to share his Cheerios and make a run for the stairs, running around with their hearts attached to him. And if that's not enough, Jason has the blessing of grandparents who love him enough to buy houses here in Charlotte so that they might catch a glimpse of his growing and his joy. And so my question for you, Selwyn Avenue, whether you're here in this sanctuary or you're there in your homes, is that what love will we share with Ethan? How will we teach him and show him the love of Christ? Not now when things are a little bit easy, but maybe later when things get tough, when things don't go the way the youngs plan. We will be there for Jason. We will teach him the ways of Christ, and we will catch him if he were to ever stumble or tumble or fall down. This is Ethan Austin Young. He is a child of Elisa and Jason Young. He is a child of Selwyn Avenue Presbyterian Church, and he is a child of God. Ethan Austin Young is now identified as a child of God in Christ Church. Through baptism, God has put his seal upon Ethan to share with us all the benefits of, of Christ's sacrifice. Let us be supportive of Jason and Elisa as they nurture Ethan and assist Ethan to be a faithful disciple. With joy and thanksgiving, we welcome Ethan into Christ Church for we are all one in Christ. We promise to love, encourage, and support you, to share the good news of God's love with you, and to celebrate with you God's unfolding blessings. And now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. And may the Lord lift his countenance upon you and grant you peace. Amen. loves me this I know for the Bible tells me so little ones to him belong they are weak but he is strong yes Jesus loves me yes Jesus loves me
Wilson, and all of our musicians who are here with us in leading worship. We continue our fall preaching series entitled, Jesus Says. And so this morning we turn to the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 22, verses 34 through 40. We find Jesus standing in the temple as he continues to be tested and tried and teased for a third and final time. The first time it was the elders, and the second time it was the Sadducees, and today it is the Pharisees. And they bring before him a keeper of the Mosaic law, a lawyer, in an attempt to trip him up. You see, they all knew the, law, the laws of the Torah, and they knew they were not to be ranked. And not only does Jesus choose one from the book of Deuteronomy, but he couples it with another one from the book of Leviticus, and we'll hear that now. Let's listen for God's holy word. When the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together, and one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question to test him. Teacher, which commandment in the law is the greatest? Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and with all your mind. This is the greatest and first commandment. And a second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. May God bless the hearing and speaking of these holy words. <clears throat> I don't know about the youngs, but there are parents who dutif dutifully keep baby books. And then there are parents who document the milestones of their children's lives with scrapbooks and volumes of photos in order. And then there's me. I did, however, manage to occasionally catch quick videos of my children to mark the moments of everyday life. Swinging in the park or singing in the bathtub or running through the sprinklers. One time when my kids were almost three and almost two, our son Joe, the older one, was singing Bruce Springsteen tunes with his ukulele. And I was recording. Now Maeve, our younger daughter, had much preferred relying on her older brother to speak on her behalf. But recently she had begun speaking out with words like, mine, no Joe, and me too. You can imagine how disruptive these words would have been to the singer after she had interrupted his rendition of Born to Run for at least three times. He kept his composure and got very quiet. And as he thought about it for a minute, he had a great idea. Hey, Maeve, why don't you go play far away? and I'll stay here with Mommy. We redirected with a snack. But one of the themes of the Reformed tradition is a recognition of the human tendency to idolatry, tyranny, divisiveness, and self-centeredness. And if anybody understands this, in our seven months of a global pandemic, it's those of you with toddlers at home. Lord, have mercy on your souls. There are prayers to keep us centered and focused in times like these. They are prayers that are meant to seep into the depths of our souls and DNA. It's who we are and what we do. The truth of these prayers transcends our ability to believe them or honor them or even practice them on any given day. And so every morning and every evening, our Jewish siblings are called to pray the Shema which translates as, listen up, pay attention, remember this. Shema Israel Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Ahad. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. It rolls off the tongue as automatically for Jews, as our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, does for Christians. And this morning we find Jesus re-articulating and reclaiming the Shema in a way that recenters our purpose and our lives toward God and away from ourselves. As Dale Bruner states, the Shema opens the hearts of believers as a flower opens to the sun. You shall love the Lord your God 
with all your heart and all your mind and all of your soul. But take note, Jesus does not say, you shall love God, not just any God, but the Lord your God, the Lord Yahweh, the God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, the God of Israel, the God of blessing and steadfast love, who calls us into covenant relationships and community. Covenants are contractual promises that God always keeps in spite of our best efforts. They're the promises of blessing and grace at baptism. They're the promises of the resurrection and salvation in Christ at the communion table and also in memorial to those that we have loved and lost. They're the promises of steadfast love within a marriage. They're the promises of community and commitment at confirmation and at membership in a church. And these promises are made real by what we know and what we know to be true about who God is and how God loves us. Jesus doesn't say the God of all creation, not this time. He says the Lord your God, specifically, intimately, your God, the one who has searched you and known you, the God who knit you together in your mother's womb, and loving a God like that, loving a God who knows your heart and your mind and your soul so intimately requires relinquishing and actively engaging all of your heart and all of your mind and all of your soul, every bit of it. Which I suppose would seem easy enough if not for the fact that loving like this requires a whole lot of honesty and humility. It requires an internal reckoning of the self. And in times like those, we feel vulnerable and exposed when we turn to God with an open heart. This is why Elisa feels like her heart is walking outside of her body when Ethan starts climbing the stairs. And this is why God expects a full range of emotions when we worship and when we pray. How often do you all tear up when someone prays for you or with you? This is why we resist patterns of worship and prayer until we find ourselves on our knees praying for a way out or for a miracle or for forgiveness. Evidently, we can't say that we love God and then withhold a majority of our affection or attention or resources or even our forgiveness. Lord, have mercy upon us for holding back. But the truth is we don't like to lose control we don't like to share our time or our attention or our resources. We don't want to be told we can't fix it or we don't deserve it any more than we want to be told that we might have a few issues with our priorities. We do not like to admit that we do not love ourselves very much or that we don't feel worthy of receiving a gift so profound as God's free grace. So instead, we keep chugging along in our attempts to achieve grace on our own accord without giving anything up. Am I good enough? Am I doing enough? Can I give just enough? Am I believing the right way? Am I the right kind of Christian? Or am I one of those other Christians? And so often, Within these endeavors, we conveniently circumvent the costly sacrifice of our whole hearts, which may be why Jesus stands face to face with the lawyer in the middle of the temple of Jerusalem and says, yeah, you think you know the right way, but what makes you so sure? What if there's another way? What if your way's wrong? What if you're hiding behind your doctrine because you're afraid to expand your heart or lose control? You see, neither our identity in Christ nor our salvation hinges upon our ability to be good enough or to do enough or to fully believe or understand. It is God's promise of steadfast love. It is there where we find our justification by the grace and atonement found in Christ's life, death, and resurrection. And so this morning, I will say, if somebody along the way has told you that you are not worthy of love, that you are not created with intention by God for complete and whole love, then pay attention. They were wrong. Love 
Love is what it's all about. And like we just said, we love God because God loves us first. It is here in this truth. That's where we find the source of our own self-esteem and self-respect and our own self-love. It is God's gracious love in Christ that will liberate us from the tyranny of insecurity and fear. You see, biblical love, it's not sentimental, and it's not coercive or manipulative. It's not overtly emotional or sappy or weak. Biblical love is strong. It's eternal and lasting, and it transcends our efforts to divide and control and judge. And according to Jesus, all of the laws, all of the rules, all of the boundaries, all of the doctrines are put in place for our own well-being, yes. But they hang along with all of the prophets, all of the ones with their voices throughout time and history who try to speak the truth to power. All of those things hinge not only on our love for God, but also our love of neighbor. It seems we can't have one without the other. Mm. Well, now things just got a little sticky, didn't they? Are all those law-abiding, faithful leaders of the temple now called to love the humans of other nations? Worse yet, what about those whom they themselves have deemed unclean or incapable or unworthy? What happens to the integrity of the Torah if they start welcoming and loving all those unfaithful people? Those people keep getting in their way or irritating them. They're actually offending God's doctrine and their authority. The problem is that Jesus doesn't say we're called to love the whole wide world, which I guess we are. He doesn't say send your prayers and your money over there just to take care of it, although prayers and money are pretty important. He says love your neighbor as yourself. Love those who you know and who you have access to. Jesus in this dual commandment prevents us from separating our spiritual pursuit of God with our social pursuit to love our neighbors. We're not called to pity our neighbors. We're not called to throw them hand-me-downs or leftovers. We are called to love them as we love ourselves, which is kind of shocking for a three-year-old. Not only does the little sister get an equal say, but she is promised protection and shared space and equal access and understanding and patience, especially when she's irritating. She needs forgiveness. And the same promises and love afforded the one who happens to have had a head start in order that she might also experience the full benefits and freedom of God's love in Christ here on earth now. To put it another way, my friend and colleague Lorenzo Smalls at First United Presbyterian Church here in Charlotte recently alluded, when you are truly hungry, it does not matter the ethnicity of the one who is providing you the food. If you are in desperate need of a blood transfusion, it would never dawn on you to consider the race of the person who gave the blood. When your lights are about to be turned off, the zip code in which the community of faith paying the bills is of no consequence. And if you are in need of an organ transplant, I am certain it would not matter the denomination of faith or of the donor, whether that person be evangelical, Jewish, fundamentalist, progressive, Muslim, Unitarian, Buddhist, Presbyterian, or even an atheist. And I guess Lorenzo has a point. Biblical love is challenging and hearty stuff. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one, and you shall love the Lord God with all of your heart and all of your soul and all of your mind and your neighbor as yourself. This is the sum of Jesus' entire earthly ministry. This is why worship and prayer is central to our lives here at Selwyn. This is why your stewardship really matters. This is why we tear up when we make substantial and honest promises to Ethan and his parents. This is why we build authentic relationships with our neighbors at Montclair Elementary School and Roof Above and Habitat for Humanity. 
This is why our hearts are going to leap right out of our chest when Patrick and Sophia say, yes, I will, and I do. Because now, our hearts go wherever they go. Love is what Christianity is all about. Let us pray. God of compassion, we come to you with hearts that need to be opened to your word and your love. There's so much around us that tears at us and causes us to tremble. Keep us mindful of your presence and the hope that you have given us in your son, Jesus. Guide us as your church and keep vigil with us this day as we pray for those who are sick, as we pray for those who are searching for answers, those who are mourning and feeling alone, those who are desperately searching for a meal or a job or a home. Be with us all, O oh God. Bind up the brokenhearted, heal bodies, and comfort those in need. Enfold us all in your tender care as we entrust our lives to you. Keep, keep us focused on the mission and ministry to which you have called us and lead us forward. We know, Lord, that there will be bumps and holes and cracks in the road. Save us from dwelling on them and make us secure in the goals that you have placed before us. Be with those who make difficult decisions guide our leaders and those of other nations, that this world might truly be as you created it to be, a world of peace, hope, and love. Hear our prayers of gratitude as we thank you for the power and the beauty of community. Thank you for the gift of new life in birth, for the celebrations of baptism and confirmation. We know you have called these things good. These are our prayers, O God together with those that lie on the hearts of all your faithful people, which we offer to you in the spirit of our Lord Jesus Christ, who taught us to pray together saying, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Friends, it is my greatest joy to finally introduce two confirmands to you all this morning. This year we had 19 confirmands, so 19 new members of Selwyn. And Patrick and Sophia complete our amazing class. It's been a privilege to work with these thoughtful young people, and I'm so thrilled that after a long wait, <laughs> we're all able to be here today to introduce and welcome them into membership. Will Sophia Hatlam and Patrick Madigan please come forward? Patrick Madigan was baptized on September 29th of 2013. Patrick is a freshman at Myers Park High School. Patrick's friendships are incredibly important to him. He places a high emphasis on spending time with his family and his cousins. In Patrick's faith statement, he wrote about the power of prayer and the ways that he leans on prayer in his personal faith, a beautiful reminder for us all. Patrick's mentor this year was Andrew McClellan. Sophia Hatlam was baptized on May 1st in 2006. She's a freshman at Charlotte Country Day School. In Sophia's faith statement, she mentioned a piece of scripture that summed up her time and confirmation and her faith journey. It's 2 Corinthians 5, verse 7. The verse is, for we walk by faith, not by sight. I am grateful for the ways that she faithfully reminded our class this year of the true importance of community in times of darkness, when we are blind, that we should still have faith in God. Sophia's mentor this year is Jill Can.
Patrick and Sophia. Not too long ago, your parents stood at a font like this one, and they answered these questions on your behalf. And now you stand here at this font, and you answer these questions on your own accord, uh, for your own purposes and for your own commitment. Do you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, and do you proclaim him as your Lord and Savior, do you? Trusting in the gracious mercy of God, do you turn away from the ways of sin and renounce evil and its power in the world, thus affirming your reliance upon God's grace, do you? By the power of the Holy Spirit, do you promise to participate actively and responsibly in the church's teaching, fellowship, worship, and mission, do you? And now to the members of this church and the broader church of Jesus Christ, who promise to continue to pray for, mentor, and guide these confirmands to Jesus Christ, will you continue to participate in the raising of all of our community's children and youth for the glory of God, do you? We do. To celebrate and honor our confirmands and the commitment that they have made during an incredibly strange season of life, we invite parents to create stoles for them so I invite parents now to come forward and to place stoles and hands on your confirmands so that we might pray together. Mentors, I invite you to stand where you are and to put a hand forward as we pray. These parents have decorated these stoles with symbols of faith and character. I invite you to place them on your confirmands, and we will all pray together. Let us go to God in prayer. Gracious God, we thank you for the gift of knowing and nurturing these young people. We thank you for their abundance of gifts and talents that they will share with this church and the world. We ask that you would pour upon these confirmands your gifts of wisdom, grace, strength, peace, and love. Help them to continue to grow in love and discipleship in the way of Jesus Christ. Fill them with joy and comfort of your near presence. Encourage them to seek you and trust your spirit within them so they may rely on your guidance today and every day. Remind them that they belong to you and help them to trust that they are known and that they are loved no matter where they go or what they do. Seal it upon their hearts that nothing can separate them from your love. We give thanks for those who have guided them in faith, those who are with us in this sanctuary, those who are with us virtually, those like Patrick's mother who love and care, is forever sealed in their hearts. Let these confirmands feel the love of this church family as they continue to grow in their lives and in their faith. Reveal to each of them your ways and your plans, your good, perfect, and pleasing will for their lives. We give you all honor, glory, and praise for what you have done and what you will do now and forevermore in the name of Jesus. Amen. Congratulations, Patrick and Sophia. May God bless you both. You may return to your seats. Friends, discipleship happens in many ways. And this morning during our anthem, I'd like to invite you all to consider the ways that God might be calling you to respond this day. We saw that our confirmands responded to God's call in faithful time in confirmation classes and in membership. But maybe you feel called to join a Bible study or a small group here at Selwyn. Maybe you feel called to participate in the mission of Selwyn, feeding our hungry and homeless neighbors. Or maybe you feel the need to reach out to a friend during isolating times. Discipleship also includes the sharing of our financial resources that have been entrusted to us. So during this time, we invite you to share a portion of your gifts 
so that we may continue to share the love that God has for all of us and for our neighbors. Our text to give number is 704-734-9818. Come, let us listen and respond to God's call. dedication. Holy God, may we love you with all of our hearts and all of our minds and all of our souls, and may we love our neighbors as we love ourselves. We ask that you take these gifts and our commitments of time and treasure and talent, and that they might glorify you in this world. And so now, I invite you to go in peace with the love of God and the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit firmly in your heart, that you might be sustained and blessed until we meet again. Amen.